Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. As we get into the Word, would you ask the Lord to talk to you? Would you just open your heart and your mind up to hear from Him? Tell Him. Oh, Lord God, we, we thank you for bringing us into this room. God, we thank you for your presence that's just been so sweet and kind in this room today. Lord, for the freedom that was experienced during worship. Lord, we want to continue to hear from you. Lord, we only want to hear your voice. Would you speak? Holy Spirit, would you just minister as ministries needed in ways that only you know? Lord, I thank you that you pray for us in ways that we can't even express with our own words. So Lord, the fact that we get to rest in you, that you've brought us here in this room just to hear from you, God, I pray that you would tune our ears to hear your voice. Lord, I pray for breakthrough in this room today. Lord, I pray for a sweeping revival over our nation, yes, but Lord, we just give you a, a, an unfiltered yes. Do whatever you want. We really trust you. And for some of us, maybe it's a struggle to trust you. Lord, help us trust you. Thank you that we can trust you to talk to you like that. Open our eyes to see in Jesus' name. Amen. So last week, guys, I don't know if you missed last week. You can check it out. But uh, I want to just thank Kelly for sharing, being faithful to, to pray through things because I heard there's there just a lot of, of freedom that happened in this room. And I don't know if you were here, but you experienced it. Like it was just a really sweet time. But we really talked about just this idea of adoption and rejection and how many of us live inside of maybe some experiences we've had that we feel rejected and it's kind of colored or painted our view of what we go through today. And we just talked about that and prayed healing and watch God deliver and do what he does. And so today I just really want to talk about and continue that, but what's it look like to continue in grace? Uh, we read the passage in, in Acts 13 where Paul goes to this church in, in Turkey and he shares with this church in Turkey and he gives just this pretty much like, it, for me, it's like just a basic gospel message, walks him through the word and he goes, hey, I'm going to give you one last encouragement. Remain in the grace of God remain in the grace of God. And we said continuing in grace is just as important as beginning in grace. Continuing in grace, but like that's what we want to talk about, we want to address today. What the heck does it look like to continue in grace down a journey that feels kind of strange and challenging sometimes? And we're going to look at uh, Acts 13 going into 14. One of my favorite stories as we think about what it's like to begin in grace, I just want to tell this story. And some of y'all heard me tell it, but it's, it's literally my favorite analogy of, of getting a picture that I believe some of us can like get color to what we talk about when we say beginning in grace. Before the days in like the Civil War times, there, was, uh, there would have slave auctions. 
and they would auction off slaves. It was really like the center of uh, the economics in the South. I mean, it was like the pinnacle of everything. It's, It's what held everything together, slave trade. And they would have these, these auctions for slaves and they would literally strip them naked and they would bring them in front of crowds and they would put them on this pedestal-like thing and they would auction off by the dollar amount. And there was a story that I read about a man who would go and he would buy the young girls that they would put on the, the, the auction block. And you can only imagine in, in that day that the youngest of girls were the most vulnerable had the least amount of power so they could be asserted with the greatest amount of control. But there was one man who would travel around to these auctions and he would buy up the, the youngest of the girls. And in this time, I'm telling you, like it's, as we think about it now, we're like, how could we have done something like that? But they would literally strip them down to nothing and put them out and the littlest girls are standing up there. And one of the stories I read was a guy kept bidding and there was a bidding war for this little girl. And he ends up winning the bid, and I mean, I could tell, like I could just imagine that little girl like shaking, not knowing what's about to happen to her in her life. And this older man who's more powerful and stronger than her just purchased her from the slave auction, and she's thinking, what's my life going to be like now? And as he takes her hand and he's walking her away, he looks at her and he says, uh, you're free. And she looks at him with like, Tears begin to well in her eyes, and she was like, what, free? Yeah, yeah, you're, fr- you're free. With shock in her eyes still, she's like, I, you mean I can, I can go where I want to go? He says, yeah, yes, you can go wherever you want to go. I can say what I want to say. You, baby, you, can, you can say what you want to say. I get to be what I, I, get to be what I want to be. You can, you can be whatever you want to be. You're free. She looked at him and she said, then I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with you. This is the picture of the gospel. When we experience the, good, the goodness of God, like the love of God that's overwhelming, that doesn't make sense, that we're like, I can't even put it in a box. It's too great, wide, high, and deep for me to fathom that's what the scripture says. It's too intense for me to understand with my mind. I can't even grip fully what it means. If it's that good, we begin to understand it just a little bit. I mean, if we begin to grip it just a little bit, then I, I, I trust you enough that I'm now going to go with you because you're a different kind of good. And along the journey, I started thinking about this story about if she began to go with him, what that journey would be like. At first, I'm sure it's like, man, this is amazing. But you go on cold nights to go help other people. You go through things and you're like, man, I don't know if this is really wonderful. But if she were to go back in her mind to that moment where she had no hope in her own life, and yet this man stepped up and purchased her freedom and offered her the greatest free. You're absolutely free. If I go back there, that love compels me from this day forward. But it's so easy. I've found in my own life, it can be easy to get your eyes off of what he did for you and onto what's happening to you. And when I get my eyes on what's happening to me, 
I really often forget sometimes what he did for me. So I want to talk about today a little bit more. And I want to look at a story about these guys who are following Jesus, who are continuing in grace. And I want to talk more about what that even looks like. But let's stay in this reality. This reality is for me and you. This is the kind of love that is beyond comprehension that he died and he loved you. He didn't just pay a small money price. He actually put his own life on that block and said, I'll take their place. Free them, take me. That's, that's Jesus. Psalm 36 says, your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. I can't even get there. That's what he's saying. It's beyond my understanding. I want to encourage you, if you've walked with Jesus for years, and maybe you've gotten bored, I want to tell you there's far more for you to comprehend. High as the heavens, deep as the ocean. We haven't even touched the surface of what it's like. Let's keep going and discover even more. And if we discover even more, I can't imagine what's going to happen within us. But his love doesn't, doesn't show us how wonderful we are. His love shows us how wonderful he is. And oftentimes I've found that my take on God's love is a lot like, um, you, you ever done this? Like, he loves me. He loves me not. That's right. Come on. Let's, let's keep that theme. Well, I'll try to go in. He loves me. She loves me not. She loves me. She loves me not. You ever feel like you do that to God? Man, I had a rough week. Probably not. But this week, I'm doing better. Really walked through something hard. I just, just don't feel you near me. Oh, this week is way better. Come on now, anybody? Come on. That's not who he is. He was done. And he said, it's absolutely finished. Today, I want to bring our attention to a key principle in remaining in grace. Remaining in this place of going, man, it's not, I, I love you. I love you not. I love you. I love you not. I want to stay there. I don't want to pursue that with you guys. I want to grow in this on what it even means for us. If you've got your scripture, you can turn to Acts 13. And I want to start in verse 44. And I'll give you a little context of what's happened. But if you remember last week, we talked about this, this missionary journey. Yeah, you can throw that slide up where his, his journey. He, he starts in, in Antioch and he goes to Salamis and Paphos. And then once he goes through here, we, this is the place where he, he goes up to Pamphylia. And when he gets up in this area, this is when John Mark abandons him and goes back home. He's like, I'm out. We don't know what happened, but it's one of his close friends. And John Mark says, peace out, rejected, you know. One of those rejections, close friend, Paul understands. All right, buddy, see ya. He goes and he preaches. A lot of people receive it. And then we show up in this place after he said, hey guys, a lot of y'all receiving this, awesome. Stay in this grace that I've talked to you about. Stay in the grace of Jesus. I've shared with you, Jesus. Stay here and never leave it. Some of us make it so complex, we don't know up from down. It, Jesus is center. Stay here. Now, the following week, almost the entire city turned out to hear them preach the word of the Lord. Now, remember, I'm in verse 44 of chapter 13. But when some of the Jews saw the crowds, they were jealous. So they slandered Paul and argued against whatever he said. 
Then Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and declared, It was necessary that we first preach the word of God to you Jews. But since you have rejected it and judged yourselves unworthy of eternal life, we will offer it to the Gentiles. For the Lord gave us this command when he said, I have made you a light to the Gentiles to bring salvation to the farthest corners of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were very glad. And they thanked the Lord for this message. And all who were chosen for eternal life became believers. So the Lord's message spread throughout that region. Then the Jews stirred up the influential religious women and the leaders of the city. I enunciated women not on purpose for real, okay? And they incited, I truly, I just wanted to clarify, ladies, don't get upset with me, please. (laughs) Then the Jews stirred up the influential religious women and the leaders of the city. And they incited a mob against Paul and Barnabas and ran them out of town. So they shook the dust from their feet as a sign of rejection and went to the town of Iconium. And the believers were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. The same story literally proceeds down into chapter 14. I want to paraphrase, but literally it says, in verse 1 of 14, it says, the same thing happened in Iconium. Verse 3, but the apostles stayed there for a long time, preaching boldly about the grace of the Lord. And the Lord proved their message was true by giving them power to do miraculous signs and wonders. He proved that message. There's power in this message. There's power in the presence of God. And he's about proving it to people. Verse 6. When the apostles learned that that there was a mob coming, they fled to the region of Lycaonia to the town of Lystra and Derbe and on the surrounding areas. And there they preached the good news. You see like the, hey, I get rejected, I go preach the good news. I get rejected, I go preach the good news. It's like they never missed the mission. Like how the heck did they continue? Can you imagine serving Jesus only to find rejection? How did they even deal with this? And I don't know if you know this, but the people that they just shared with in Acts 13, if you go in your Bible and you read the book of Galatians, the book of Galatians is actually written to this people group. If you go read the book of Galatians, he says, who has bewitched you, O Galatians? Where you started in grace and now you step back into your works? So listen, they've, they've received this and then the whole book of Galatians is written to these guys and it's only a few months later, by the way. Writes them a letter and he's like, guys, you've already forgotten. Can you imagine serving Jesus to find rejection? You see miracles and signs and people getting saved and amazing things happen and you see rejection at every turn. Have you ever experienced that? Has it ever bogged you down? I just want to personally tell you, like I got to the place where I felt so heavy, I didn't want to continue. And I saw God heal people. I've seen, I've literally seen people who have cancer come into the church. We pray for them, they get healed. My son had a hole in the roof of his mouth from, uh, from cleft palate, opened up. One lady in our life group was like, well, let's just pray for him. He's going to get healed. And we're like, okay. Prayed for him. We take him to the doctor. Like the hole's gone. The surgeon's like, I've ne- that's impossible. I've seen God do all the stuff. I've seen people get healed and delivered in a, in a garage. Remember Lester? I mean, I saw a color change in his face. I saw, Jason said, I saw something leave this guy. 
cloud of dust left him. I've seen it all. I mean, your witness, we saw it. All because he called on the name Jesus. I've seen it. And yet, I've personally gotten to the place where I said, I don't know that I want to keep doing this. Because so-and-so really hurt my feelings. It sounds ridiculous to say when you put it up against, but in the moment, I'm just telling you, like, I don't want to keep going. I don't want to get stabbed in the back anymore. I don't want to feel hurt. And oftentimes, and I just, what, what the Lord has brought me into, man, I took my eyes solely off of Jesus, to be honest with you. And it felt right in the moment, but I looked at my own hurt and I looked at the own pain. And I looked at those people and I said, man. But what did he do to deal with rejection? Verse 51 says, they shook the dust from their feet as a sign of rejection and went to the next town. They shook the dust from their feet. They shook off rejection. One commentator writes this, and I want to read this. In doing this, Paul and Barnabas treated the city as if it were a God-rejecting Gentile city. Listen to this. This is what it means. If the Jewish people had to go in and through a Gentile city, when leaving the city, they would shake the dust off their feet as a gesture saying, we don't want to take anything from this Gentile city with us. I want to take nothing from this place. That was like a custom of the Jews. They would go through a Gentile city, non-Jewish city, and they would dust themselves off. I'm not like these people. I'm not taking nothing from here. In doing this, Paul said this, I don't want to take anything with me from you Jesus-rejecting religionists. In other words, here's what I want us to remember. We carry what we don't shake off. We carry what we do not shake off. I'm personally learning this right now, just in process. And I wanna give you permission to stay in process and ask questions and I'm not trying to add shame to if you feel that place. Hey, I'm telling you, press in with others. The healing I found was supernatural and honestly in confession and prayer. That's where I found it. Telling people stuff I didn't want to tell because I'm, I'm, I'm tough, Jay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need to talk about my feelings. They didn't hurt me that bad. Huh. I had to confess and talk about it. And the prayers of a righteous person honestly brought deep inner healing in my life. So that's why we have prayer after this service. I encourage you, if you're dealing with some of this stuff, step forward and let, let's pray together. Let's talk about it. Let's journey together in this. But if you're feeling burdened, I understand. I get it. If you're feeling heavy, I want to remember Jesus' words. I want to throw off other people's words right now, and I want to grab hold of the word of God who shared it for light and life in our life. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, Jesus said this. We can throw off what we don't have to carry right now, but here's what I want to grab hold of his words. What maybe is spoken over you, this will contradict it, and I pray freedom in Jesus' name. Then Jesus said, come to me. Are you heavied? Are you burdened? Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I will give you rest. Maybe you're searching for rest. 
and you've figured it out finally that you've been searching in all the wrong places. Do you know where I searched for rest from my reprieve? Was pleasing people. I searched for rest trying to get other people to like me. I don't want you to stab me, so I'll, I'll serve you so much for my own benefit because I don't want you to hurt me. You find that it multiplies because inevitably humans are human. You're not going to meet my expectation, and honestly, I'm not going to meet yours at some point or another. So hurt, it multiplies upon multiplies. But I was living, carrying a truth that was not true, and I hadn't even grabbed hold of this. I was heavy burdened. My choice was to try to please you. That'll fix the remedy. That'll help me. I'll get what I need. Anybody else? Hurt? Become a people pleaser? The other side of it, usually you're a people hater. Probably two in the room. I'm a people pleaser. Some of y'all say, I'm, I'm a people hater. Pick your poison. I get it. But he gets it too or he wouldn't have said this. Are you burdened and heavy? Are you, are you frustrated with people to the point where they, they're like weights to you, you don't want to be around them? Are you, are you heavy to the point where you would rather please people than hurt anybody's feelings by not, we're going to withhold the truth? Come to me. I just want to give you rest. He didn't say, I'm going to fix you right now. Come to me, I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. What? Wonderful word. Let me teach you along the way. Who is this, Jesus? Because I'm humble and I'm gentle at heart. I didn't grow up even hearing about that, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? And you will find rest for your souls. Inner rest. My yoke is easy to bear and my burden I give you is light. What the heck is a yoke? You might know what a yoke is. It's like an egg, I'm raising chickens, you know, that's the only thing I think about, a yoke. Yoke is this picture right here, it's a yoke. Back in the day, for those of us who were not farmers, they would yoke two oxen to this to double the, the power. And Jesus is saying, look, like if you yoke your life with mine, my burden is going to be super light. Because guess what? Like if you think about the creator of the universe, you stepping in a yoke with the creator, you know what I mean? My feet ain't touching the ground, anybody? You know what I'm saying? I'm probably smaller than a fly. Honestly, I'm just going to be able to sit on that rung. He's carrying the whole thing. I got no place in the job. I'm chilling with Jesus. He's going to carry me through. That's why he says it's easy. The burden is light. And really he talks about like, obey his commands. Here's my command, love me. You won't love me unless you've received my love from me. Be loved by me. And then in turn, you will respond to love me. It all works like that. We got to receive before we do anything for him. And in fact, we'll never really do anything for him unless we receive from him. Maybe a better idea if you're modern day is like a truck and a trailer. You know, I don't know. I'm trying to think about it. Got this brand new trailer. It's about 10,000 pounds. It's a, it's a beast, but if it's not hooked to my truck, it ain't going nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, no, it's not moving. It's got no motor. 
But when it's hooked to that truck and that truck begins to pull it down the interstate, like it just rolls natural, like it was made for it, you know? All reliance on Jesus. Let me teach you. Would you let him teach you today? Would you rest in the fact that he wants to just teach you? This is what Jesus tells us about rejection, though. Would you let, a, let him teach you through his words right now? In Luke 10, 16, he says, he told his disciples, anyone who accepts your message is also accepting me. And anyone who rejects you is rejecting me. And anyone who rejects me is rejecting God who sent me. How do we remain in this grace? We're gonna shake off any other yoke that is in Jesus. Shake it off. No, seriously, like shake it off. What words have you received that aren't his words? Because what I've shared, like he gave Paul instruction. He gave these guys instruction. Here you know what to expect. People are going to reject you, in fact. They rejected me. But here, you don't have to take offense to it because you're not gonna make up the words that you're sharing anyways. You're sharing my words. So when you share my words, you're gonna get rejected. They haven't rejected you. They reject me. I will never forget, like one of the first times I, I shared and I got rejected. Like, I mean, I heard from the Lord. I spent like weeks on a sermon. Like I sat with him. I mean, I felt like he was speaking clear to me. The word was just clear as could be. It was true. And I remember that somebody coming up to me and be like, yeah, it was okay. It was, it was okay. It was okay. And they just began to critique how I talked versus what was said. And instead of me being like, but it was Jesus's words, man. I said, man, I gotta fix, I gotta fix me a little bit. Then the focus begins to shift from Jesus's words to how can I be, how could I do, how can I, your focus shifts, see? When your focus shifts, it's like what TC read. My face don't shine anymore because I'm not beholding the king. Behold Jesus. I don't care what I say. It could be like foolishness. If Jesus shows up, that's what he says. Like, who cares? Like, it's going to be power because Jesus is here, you know? We just look at the face of Jesus. How do we remain in grace today? I want to put before us, and I want to invite us into an invitation. I just want to invite us in. For those here today, you're feeling rejected by God, things you've done or haven't done, I want you to shake off rejection today. I want to invite you to shake off rejection today. Like, how do I do that? The story I read is a story for you. You come in here and it's the most vulnerable person. It's, it's something I can't do on my own. Maybe you've been rejected in your life or your past. And I'm just telling you, like the truth that we have received in this room is that Jesus stepped up to that auction block in your most vulnerable moment. was like, I'll pay the price for that. For you. I love you. I love you. Have you been rejected by the world? Jesus didn't reject you. He offers acceptance to you. He loves you like that. Your yes 
is the acceptance from him. Come, be baptized into Christ today and be brought into alignment with God through Jesus. Just give him a yes. I receive acceptance from you. But from those in Christ, I want to talk to you for a second. You're burdened by the dust of rejection now. Burdened by the no from the world or others or even self. I want to pause and I want to look back at what Paul did. In verse 47, he quotes this passage of Isaiah 49. And he says, for the Lord gave us this command when he said, I've made you a light to the Gentiles to bring salvation to the furthest corners of the earth. He's quoting Isaiah 49. And I want to read Isaiah 49 over your life today. Those in Christ, I want to pray that we receive this word because he literally takes the prophet Isaiah and applies it over his life. Paul makes this about him. Check this out, Isaiah 49, five and seven. And now the Lord speaks, the one who formed me in my mother's womb to be a servant, who commissioned me to bring Israel back to him. The Lord has honored me and my God has given me strength. He says, you will do more than restore the people of Israel to me. I will make you a light to the Gentiles and you will bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. The Lord, the Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel says to the one who is despised and rejected by the nations, to the one who is the servant of rulers, kings will stand at attention when you pass by. Princes will also bow low because the Lord, because the Lord, because the Lord, the faithful one, the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. He chose you. If you're in Christ, He chose you. He's calling you. He chose you. Paul grabbed hold of the prophet's words and applied that to his own life. He didn't care what other people said because God's word had trumped what anybody's going to say. Shake the dust off this place. I'm chosen. He made me a light to the nations. Let God's word become the yoke that we join our life with that ends up being light and wonderful. There's still alive and well in the minds of many Christians today, a lie which strategically keeps us from walking in the fullness of our identity in Christ. This lie tells us, listen, listen, this lie tells us that any recognition of our strength or goodness is pride. And that the only way to deal with pride is to demean ourselves. Some of y'all know what I'm saying. This, we say, is humility. The truth is, it is neither pride to recognize our strengths, nor humility to demean them. This kind of false humility keeps the saints in darkness and results in us never stepping into the destiny that God called us into. Paul thought it was his right. He's made me a light to the Gentiles. That's what he did. Kings will bow before me. Is Paul arrogant? Anybody? Or is he humble for receiving the word of God over his life? I just want to receive God's word over my life. And if he said it, it almost feels too good to be true. Anybody? Anybody else? Let's humbly receive it. It's too good to be true. 
Who am I to get in the way of what God wants to say? That's what Paul says. Would you shake it off today? Not Taylor Swift. Come on now. Thought about having him play that. We could just jam out to Taylor. All right now. Right now, I just want to do evaluation. Then we're going to sing a song. Is anyone heavied in the room today? Just burdened, heavied. Instantly comes to you. Somebody said, somebody did. I just invite you to shake it off. I invite you. And if you can't, did you know you could go to Jesus? He said, if you're heavy burdened, come to me. Just right now. If you're heavy, come to him. Holy Spirit, we invite you. Thank you for being great. Bring comfort where comfort's needed, Lord. Reminders in ways I could never give. You can. We trust you. Thank you for your presence now, Lord. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name.